Welcome to the 938 podcast. We're glad that you joined with us today. I'm here in the missions office and visiting today with Missy Sanders, missionary to Bolivia, and her father, Rodney. I'm excited to have you guys with us today and, and to take the time to share about your ministry. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Let me, uh, let me just say, uh, you know, I, I'm excited about this podcast because we're highlighting a, a special segment of missionary life, and that is as a single lady uh, on the mission field. And uh, Missy, I just was wondering, you know, how, tell us about yourself a little bit and, and how you felt called to missions and your surrender to missions. Well, I grew up here in Springfield, Missouri, and I um, met a lot of missionaries growing up. And I also had the privilege of going to elementary and high school with missionary kids. And from a very young age, I decided I wanted to be a missionary kid. I didn't quite understand the calling at that point, but from a young age, God, I knew, I realized God was calling me to be a missionary. And uh, I made that um commitment in my high school years and went to BBC in 1997. I was originally approved. Well, that's wonderful. You know, we just uh, completed uh, the first annual National Day of Prayer for Project 938 of praying for more missionaries, and I'm certain that God is still calling people, Uh, and we just are asking God to continue calling people, but that people will surrender and so today to hear how God has called you as a single lady and how he's used you, I'm excited for people to hear about what God has done through your life and to get a vision maybe of how God can use them. Uh, Rodney, I, I, I hesitate calling you Rodney, Mr. Sanders, but, uh, but let me just ask you, when Missy surrendered to the mission field and, and to God's service, how did, how did you as a father, how did that affect you? Well, she always talked when her young age about being a missionary. And uh, I saw her desire to do that and get her education to be able to go and do that. And I always looked at it this way. Uh, if she's called, who am I to, to keep her from going? That's what her God had for her life. So I would never stand in the way or discourage her. Great. You know, that's, uh, I think that's a, a great point that to have parents and, and Missy, your mother's in heaven today, uh, but she was alive when you surrendered to the field and, and to have parents that stand behind you and encourage you in missions. Uh, Rodney, I know you served in the United States Air Force and, and I want to thank you for that. Uh, so you're no, no stranger to commitment and to service and we see that followed through in your daughter's life as well. Uh, you know, Missy, you, when you first were approved back in 1997, you were approved to Argentina. So you went and served in Argentina for a while, and then God redirected your life and took you to the indigenous Seminole Indians in Florida, mm-hmm. and you worked among the Indians, and now you're in Bolivia. Uh, I would say that you have a very well-rounded view of missions, and so... You know, as a, and I, I reference this because I think it's important. You are unmarried, okay? So uh, we know that. But how is it that a, a young lady, unmarried, how can you best be used of God? Just let people know what God can do through their lives if they make that commitment. 
As a single missionary, I always work with another missionary or a national pastor, and um, there are so many things to do in the ministry, and it's too much for one person, even maybe one couple. And so I can come in and I can help them with their church planning ministry, whether it's with the children's ministry, the ladies' ministry, youth activities. It could be behind the scenes. I have worked with multimedia and um, really just being able to come in and carry some of the load because it's a, it's a big job. And um, each of my ministries has looked a little bit different because the needs have been different. Wow. So you're currently working alongside Paul and Barbara Fazell, right? That's correct. And so you are, a, from what I have read in your prayer letters and talked with you personally, you're a great augmentation to that ministry. And so when people support you uh, through their local church, the pastors lead their churches to support you, they're actually enhancing that entire ministry. Um so you, you mentioned about working with, with ladies and children. Do you have any particular instances that stand out in your mind uh, of, of how God has used you with certain individuals, maybe? Um, one story just happening this year throughout um, COVID and um, even into this year after our quarantine ended, I began to disciple a lady in one of our churches, and it's a long discipleship course. It's quite a... A commitment on her behalf and on mine and I would go to her house once a week and we would go through this discipleship course and she was just like a sponge soaking it in learning about her her faith and just growing in Christ and it's 16 weeks and one thing that just really blessed my heart we finished the 16 weeks just a couple weeks before I came to the states on this furlough and she says okay now are we going to study we need to keep going and just that desire to study and learn and grow um, I'm looking forward to going back and working with her again. And so just seeing that desire and being able to be used by God to to help someone grow in their faith. That That is tremendous to see that that hunger in someone and to know that God is using you. And, and it could be that, uh, that Barbara Fazell might not have had the time uh, because of other ministry duties to 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 minister to that lady and to help disciple her. So that, that's wonderful. You also work with kids clubs on the field too, correct? That's correct. And that has actually gotten a new boost out of our COVID um, quarantine. Our quarantine was very strict in Bolivia and we weren't allowed to meet inside for so long that we just took our kids ministry to the street. And um, in the beginning, we started going house to house to where our kids were and we would teach them a short Bible story, sing a song, and give them a color sheet and move to the next house. And it took us a couple hours every Wednesday morning we were doing that. And through that, more and more kids were coming out to the street to hear the word of God. And we grew this children's ministry beyond any expectation and had to start um, figuring out ways to reach these more children and more locations we brought it together made kids clubs out of it and it's just exciting to see how god is working through that and it is a product of this quarantine it didn't stop us it just changed our direction a little bit well wonderful it sounded like you could use some more help down there too there's room for a lot more help this city of study has growing and we have new communities and in those communities lots of children lots of families that need to hear the gospel wow 
You know, I, uh, I, I'm thinking back in my life, and, and when Janelle and I went to Korea as missionaries, my parents were very proud of us, and, and they, were, they were Christians and involved in the church and, and thrilled that we were leaving. Uh, but, you know, it, there's also that bittersweetness, too. Uh, so as a dad, how does it feel to, to know that your daughter's there and, and what God is using her to do? Well, you know, the, the first time she left the Argentina, that was a little tough. Mm-hmm. But uh, now I see her anxious to get back, and I, it's nowhere near as difficult. But we have, uh, when she's on the field, each Monday evening, we talk to each other. We oh, good. Her. We see how each other's weekends went, uh, what she's done, and how everything's going. So sometimes it they last 30 or 40 minutes, sometimes they not last 10 minutes. It just, just depends. So, yeah. So. Now, do you do that by, by FaceTime or, or a no, video chat or just on the phone? The just on the phone? I tell you, technology has, has grown so much, yeah. and it makes it easier, very reasonable to talk internationally over the phone and, and even free using through apps or whatever it might be. So... But I'm sure that there are still times that uh, that you miss her greatly. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, when the family gets together or something like that. But uh, I know she's where she is supposed to be, and that makes everything easy. Let me ask you, what would your what would your advice be to to other parents that their children are contemplating missions? God is speaking to them. How would you encourage other parents to be an encouragement? Don't stand in the way and don't discourage them. Good, good. I, I'm sure you spend a lot of time praying for her, too. I'm sure she caused a lot of trouble growing up, too, didn't she? We won't get into that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's probably good. Let, let me ask you, Missy, since you are not a preacher, uh, so when if I was a pastor— and I invite you to come to my church to present the ministry that God has given to you in Bolivia. Uh, how could I best utilize you to encourage and challenge my people? Well, one area is teaching the, a children's class and um, teaching the children, but I also like to do question and answer time and maybe the Sunday school hour to be able to answer questions that my presentation is different than the average missionary because I am single and my ministry looks different and so to be able to take the time to explain that ministry further and encourage people that there are areas that you can serve besides being a pastor and, and being a preacher. Absolutely you know we sometimes have the idea that we only want to support missionaries that are church planters and and certainly you are but just in a different aspect uh, you know, we recently made the Marjorie Browning docu-series, you know, and, and highlighted her life on the mission field and, and saw how that she taught those children and then they grew up and then they were taught and went off to college and then went out and pastored churches. So it's very clear that that God could use and probably has already you to be instrumental in a lot of lives. I look at it in the stateside area when you come into my church, if I had you in front of not just my children but my teenagers uh, to challenge them and, and young teenage girls that would 
you know, because it's not in God's plan for everybody to be married, maybe. And so how can they be used? Well, they can be used exactly like you are. I think that's that's tremendous. Uh, I, I just, you know, want to ask you, what do you need in your ministry? I'm sure that, uh, I'm sure I know what you need, but I'm just going to ask you to express it to us. Number one thing I need is prayer. Um, you can't, no missionary can can do their ministry without prayer, and that is number one need. Um, of course, there's always a need for more support, and I can view Tariha and what it looks like right now and the different ministries that I have opportunities for, um, discipleship, working with children, curriculum, um, multimedia equipment, um, just we're also working with a Bible Institute and a camp ministry. And within all of those ministries, there is always need for more supplies, more um, buildings, more everything that, that we need to continue that ministry and to grow the ministry. So definitely need more support. And um, I just, I need more people to come. I mean, it, it's a big job. And you know, Dari has a town of only 500,000. Bolivia has 10 million people in the country, and there are more and more of these cities that are, the people are coming from the mountains, and they're coming to the city, and they need to hear the gospel. And it's amazing to know how many of them have never heard the gospel mm. for e even one time. And so we need people to come and help us get the message out. Wow. That's that's certainly a great need. You know, you highlight the the prayer part, and we all need God's power upon our lives, and we need to know that people like our dads and our and and, and our moms, with those that are still living and are behind us and and praying for us and encouraging us. And uh, I'm I'm confident that your dad, as a member of Baptist Temple here in, in Springfield, Missouri, is involved in Faith Promise Missions giving, and uh, you know. You gave your daughter. You give your 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 finances, and and to send her and other missionaries to the field. Uh, you pray for them. I'm I'm sure that you probably number one on your missionary prayer list, isn't she? And I'm also a graduate of Baptist Bible College. That's right. I forgot that. Yes, yes. Wow, a tremendous legacy. And um, it, but you need not only prayer, but you need personnel and more people to come and, and to work with you. And then I was going to ask you, you know, could you use more money? And you've already told us that you've told us what you would do with it uh, to invest it in the ministry and the, in the seminary and all of the things that you're working in. Uh, let me ask you this. I know that you're involved in, I've read it in your prayer letters about the Bible ministry. Tell us about the Bible ministry. The Bible ministry started out as Bibles for kids. Um, the kids, we, we have Bibles that we can give to people, the paperback, you've seen them maybe at the dollar stores here in the States. And we were giving these Bibles away and the kids would see the Bibles that the other people in the church had or the missionary had and they looked different. And they, how do I get a Bible that looks like that? And that's how it started. And so I gave them a list of verses to memorize. And I said, if you memorize these verses, I will give you a nice Bible. And it took a few months, and then all of a sudden, one girl, she said the verses, and she got her Bible, and everybody saw that, and it just took off from there. And then in the last year, I started having adults saying, well, can we get Bibles too? 
and they needed large print Bibles. And so this past year, I started giving large print Bibles to adults who learn a list of verses as well. And to date, I've given over 150 Bibles to wow. to people who have memorized verses. They, I will always have the, the paperback Bibles for anybody who wants them. But giving these Bibles, they are excited to receive it. They open them. They, they start learning. And I want to tell you a story about a man named Walter who, just before I came on this furlough, he received his large print Bible. And uh, he, he was overcome with emotion and he knew I was going to be leaving just a couple days later and he he was holding his Bible and he and he said please don't go who's going to bring us Bibles and teach us Mm. to understand God's word and um you know when you do go on furlough it's hard to leave the ministry behind but God takes care of it and we have workers there who are continuing in the ministry there and I just received word just a few weeks ago that Walter has accepted Christ as a Savior. Wow. And that is, I feel like, is from the Bible ministry and showing how it is important to get these Bibles in the hands of people. Wow. That, that's, a, that's encouraging to hear that, you know, as we give out the Word of God, uh, whether it's in written form or verbally or however, that God said it won't return void. And to hear this story of Walter and, and trusting Christ and, you know, who would have thought years ago, uh, when this little girl was born in San Antonio, Texas, uh, I'm sure that you committed her to Christ. And God has used her. When she uh, was born, we were prepared because they told us to be prepared. She may not make it. Mm-hmm. Well, not only did she make it, sir, she's survived and thrived, and now she's even a cancer survivor and uh, gone through this as a missionary, and God continues to use her, and you continue to pray for her and send her. And uh, we just need more people that will say, God, here I am. Lord, take my children, use them. God, take my life and use me. And uh, together, that's what it's going to take to reach the world with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Missy, you're on on what we call furlough. Uh, Part of that is to come back for a health checkup, Uh, but it's also you're visiting churches, you're getting into churches and presenting the need and the ministry. Uh, Obviously, you can't make it to every church, so we're hoping that if there's some that are watching this podcast, that if they have some room in their missions budgets, that they would say, hey, this is a worthy cause for us to invest our life in. Uh, We have a dad who gave his daughter. We have a daughter who gave her life. And we just need other people that will help finance this movement to get her back to Bolivia to reach more Walters for Jesus. And so uh, I appreciate both of you being here today and sharing this time. Uh, I pray that God will use this and perhaps maybe some churches would say, you know what, we want to support Missy Sanders and they'll send in, add you to their missionary support list and send it through our missions office here in Springfield. Um, Thank you for your time today. Thank you for watching the 938 podcast. And uh, we're just enjoying what God is doing and glad to be a part of it here in Springfield, Missouri. God bless you.